Oh, my eyebrows. Oh, we're on. Uh, episode 52 of Hometown Threads on 14 WILI 95.3 FM and Willimantic Today Facebook. Oh, yeah, Matt's going to roll his eyes. Right and on another end, Spectrum 192. So there's plenty of ways to listen. Well, one way to listen to the radio and a couple ways to view the show. The WILI YouTube page uh, and then, of course, Willimantic Today Facebook, Spectrum 192. Matt, do we have any idea when we know that airs on Spectrum Not 192? Yet. I don't know yet. Okay, just check your local listings. Uh, Keith C. Rice back in here for episode 52. We'll get to our special guest in just a sec. Just a reminder, uh, Hometown Threads comes your way every week. Big thanks to our fine sponsor, Liberty Bank B Community Kind, with three great local locations across the street from the radio station, 679 Main Street, Gateway Commons, West Main Street, Willimantic, and Route 195, Mansfield, Liberty Bank B Community Kind. J-Matt Rupar, if you'd be so kind, say hello to the fine folks. Hello. And here we go, episode 52, and we bring in co-owner of the Trolley Pub, one of my good friends growing up. Once in a while, I get one of my childhood buddies in here, Brian Pachette. How are you? Good, Keith. How are you, man? Great. Don't get all like calm now. I'm not calm. You should have saw us off the air. We're just <laughs> laughing. We were falling off our chairs two uh, minutes ago. I'm just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's it's. Uh, so I was doing Wayne's show this morning, and I played Anita Baker's uh, "Giving You the Best That I Got." Oh yeah. You know where I'm going with this, yeah. right? Now I grew up with Brian, as I just said, and um, his his mom Val and his dad Norm. One of the best people I think I've ever known, and uh, they're me they're, too. They they they, <laughs> they passed uh, a little while back. In fact, your dad was uh, my neighbor for the first few years we lived up in, in Wyndham Center, and uh, he was always inviting us over and telling us stories about you. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he had plenty of them. But anyway, you got stories too, and I just can't say enough great things about your parents. Want to hear some stories uh, about Val and Norm, but. Brian, congratulations on uh, being co-owner of the Trolley Pub, a very popular uh, bar in Willimantic. And uh, now how long have you been doing that? Get it right up to the mic, my friend. Well, I've been at the Trolley for about three years now. We've owned it. I have a business partner, Tim Bryant. And uh, it was kind of like a lucky situation to get into. Chuck Lester, the former owner of the Trolley, was ready to leave. He had done it for about 30 years. And... I'm too young to retire, so I needed to do something. <laughs> yeah, so, of course, Chucky's a big Green Bay Packers fan, so you, yep. you had to be kind of happy with the way they finished up the season. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, so I will just get it. We'll get into this right now, and then we'll go back. We'll kind of, uh, you know, kind of move backwards here and talk about growing up. But So, uh, what year was it again you took over? Well, uh, three years ago. Three years ago. Yep. So, kind of give us a little uh, story of how it all went down with you, uh uh, taking over for Chucky and uh, running the trolley pub. Well, I worked for Chuck for a little while, and when COVID happened, it was just Chuck and I down there primarily, and he was getting tired, and um, he knew that I wanted to own my own bar. I've been in the bar business for like 30 years, so I might as well work for myself at some point, so i see if we could do it, and Tim Bryant was, was on board, and we went in and took, made the trolley ours, but kept it still the trolley pub of Willimantic. It's still, it's it's less in, of uh, less intimidating now. It's more of a welcoming place that you can come into. And, what do you mean? What it was like? In, well, just like there's more people. There's younger crowd. Oh, yeah, there's there's older crowds, and everyone seems to be getting along just fine. Well, that's great. So. <laughs> That's a that's a positive. I thing. was in there a couple of weeks ago, and it's a, yeah, great vibe. And you, uh, you and I went over to a booth, and we're just you know uh, having small talk, catching up, and of course, maybe down the road, 
who knows, maybe trolley trivia. We'll get to that other time. That's definitely, in definitely, the works. That'd be that'd be a definitely. lot of fun. Yeah. But one thing you showed me, and an example how you kind of made the trolley pub your own, is you said, "Look at the ceiling." And I thought this was so cool. You have so you, people just come in and sign their names, right? Yep. They ask me for a marker, and I let them sign it. No profanity. So St. Mary St. Joseph's boy, you're a yeah. Catholic school boy. Oh, parochial school, kindergarten to <laughs> twelfth grade. I've seen it all. So, <laughs> so tell us, share, share, share with us. Uh, maybe are there some uh, big names on that uh, ceiling or on that wall? Or? Well, all the local people yeah. have came in, and people come in and sign remembrance of someone who's sure. passed away or whatever. Um, matter of fact, this last Saturday, I had a group come in for a friend of the trolleys who had passed away about three years ago and they did a memorial for him there. And they wow. went back and checked the, the, pit, the spot where they all signed. So it's cool. People think it's partly their place when it, when it gets like that. It's almost like the cheers of Willimantic. It kind of is. Well, I'm, I am kind of like Sam Malone. I don't, <laughs> I don't drink. I don't do, you know, like, so that's, that's the, the way it goes. And it's, you can never go in there and not find someone not to talk to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the people there are kind, and, and I appreciate it as the owner, and I think that what they bring to the community, those people, is great. And how they and how they do it is they're, they're thoughtful, and they care about the town still. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do, and we try to make it a family kind of place, that people can come in and have a good time and watch sports and have fun with their friends. It's great to see the passion uh, of someone like uh, Brian and myself who've uh, grown up in Willimantic. Well, J. Matt Rupar, you're a Willimantic native too, yes. right? It's just great to run into someone like yourself who I've known for years and people that you said uh, that you just mentioned, the people that go into trolley have that same kind of passion. Matter of fact, Keith, I forgot, to, I left this out, that uh, two years ago we did a mural on the side of the building I saw this uh, from yeah. the uh, Wyndham High School art department. This is on the paper, I think. Yep, and they came down. They did a mural, and and I I went inside the bar and asked everyone, what do they remember about Willimantic? So it doesn't look the mural doesn't look like Willimantic now, but it looked like Willimantic thirty years ago. Benny's, yeah. the YMCA, you know, and the kids did it. The kids got to sign it, and so that's a part of the history of the trolley that's not going away. Wow. And it's nice, and they were so happy to do it too. The when I, I thank them every time I can talk about it because it was cool. That was really cool. I think I remember picking up the paper and whoa, look at this. And Willard's helped out with the paint, so it was like you know it's a community thing. That's all. We're all about community, community especially here on thing. WILI, the community radio station. Um, how many times has uh, someone like a Tommy Spector signed out of the wall in the ceiling? Just <laughs> he was a former guest on Hometown Thread. Just once, and my former uh, little league coach. Him Wait, and Bill Shea. Yes, Tommy Speck. That's right. The last you team played for play American for Thread. Thread. The last I played team for to, Medical. The last team to play for American Thread in Willamette. Were you really the last team? The last team, yeah. Because when I had Tommy in here, we were reminiscing about Willamette Little League. And that's right, Brian. Not only I have the picture we... of the team on the wall with Tommy uh, and Billy. The, they, Tommy brought it in for me, and I put it up on Name the wall. Name a few players from that team. You have a great memory here. Mark Triber, Mark Bacon, 
Mark Boldry. A lot of Marks. A lot of Marks. And one Brian. <laughs> yep. Bobby Wolicki. Bobby Wolicki, yeah. yeah. Uh, like there Very was a good. Joe Steiger. I mean, I could, it was a good team. Good team, yeah. yeah those 80s Willimantic Little League teams. I'm a little biased. Like when we had Tommy in here, we we're talking about, do you remember the legendary medical Pulaski final where, where I was on that team, Billy Gottlieb at the walk-off that still hasn't landed on Wyndham Road? Oh, sure. Matt, Matt probably hears me bring this up all the time. Every week. 1980. <laughs> <laughs> Every week. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, I think that was 84, 85, I get mixed up because the Tellier Pahouti year was, that was 85, I think. So the medical Billy Gottlieb, Busky team, Josh Dunnick, me, that team was loaded, as well as Pulaski was with Adi and Eddie Rios. Yeah, Adi was tough uh, to. Donald Meekum. Yeah. Adi was tough to face back then. He was the same height as he is now. <laughs> <laughs> now wait, this He's a good is. friend of mine, yes. too, Adi. So, Adi, does he come in the trolley? <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah, I, gotta, I want to see him. Yeah. I haven't seen him in years. Now, again, we played baseball together, but we played basketball as well. Uh, let's Now we move into the, the childhood stage of Hometown Threads, and we'll come back and talk a little about Charlie Pub at the end. But... Um, Let's. Where do we start? We grew up together at St. Mary St. Joseph's School. That's where we met. I know you were in my sister Nancy's grade, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we grew up playing a lot of basketball, even really early on. Yeah. Did you play a little pal at the Y? Yes, I did. Okay. Do you remember what team? A.J. Pepin's. A.J. Pepin's. Now, I was on the broadcaster. I Mr. Think. Light was my coach. Mr. I remember Mr. Light. <laughs> Mr. Humsky, God rest his soul, yep. was uh, my coach. Yeah. And all I remember Mr. Homsky saying was, get your man, get your man. <laughs> so, uh, name, okay, little, God, I missed the YMCA. Oh, well, yeah, I, I spent probably a majority of my life in that building when I was a kid because I'd walk from St. Mary St. Joseph's School to the Y and have to be home when remember? the street lights come on. Yeah, <laughs> and you lived on High Street back then mm-hmm. and playing, so it was an easy walk for you basically. We that was the thing we did Uphill back in the both day. both ways, man. I begged my parents to go. We didn't live as uh, close because we were up on Adams Heights, which is on yep. the Lebanon line. So there were times where that's what you could do. You could walk into the Y and play pickup games. And every time I drive by, what is it, Act that's in there now? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's the act. You know, they're doing great things over there. But, man, the YMCA was a piece of history in this town, mm. for especially our generation. Oh, I, I, um, and Ron Pyrus, God Ron, rest his yeah. soul, I mean, he, he I remember going. Place. I remember going into the Y when I was young, and there'd be 80 kids in there, and he'd let, he'd find a way to get everyone to play. He was, he and was like the And everyone listened to him, like, you know, like little things like that, that... I remember about Ron. He was a ref, the right? Wasn't he the ref? Yeah, but he kind of was. He worked for the Y, too. So, did, like, yep. so he, he was a big part of anyone who learned how to play basketball in the 70s in Willimantic was taught by him. That's most, right. Most, most, yeah, most people were at the Y learning how to... And that's why he's a town. Run the motion offense. (laughs) (laughs) He brought so many people together. You're right. You're right. He was a great man. Pickup games were legendary. Mm -hmm. I mean, oh yeah. The group we grew up with, uh, the Keith Botwells. The we mentioned Adi. uh, God, you you could rattle them off. Keith Botwell was my taxi to St. Bernard's. Well, wait a minute. Did we carpool with you too? Didn't we? Maybe like early, but for basketball, Keith was the only. only He's in Arizona now. Yeah, only one with the license. I a think his mom's of, living out there with him now. Yeah, Keith, I think right? so too. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're good uh, people. Oh, I love the Bowels. They're when, good people. When Keith's mother was living over uh, in Mansfield, when Keith would come home, we'd go over there and hang out with him. And, yeah. and uh, who else would come over? Uh, I can't think of. Whenever Keith would come back into town, it was uh, 
can't think of his name now. But anyway, we're reminiscing here uh, about uh, childhood memories and, of course, talking Trolley Pub, co-owner of Trolley Pub, uh, Brian Pachette's with us here on Hometown Threads on 14 WILI, 95.3 FM, and <laughs> Willimantic Today Facebook, Spectrum 192. I, I kid when I point him and say 95.3 FM because Brian and I are around the same age, probably like, what, a year apart? A year apart, yeah. And he's absolutely right. Growing up in this town, 1400 AM was like the top 40 station. It was That's what we were used to. Right. Your parents, my parents, we all listened to it. We listened to Wayne. When school was going to be canceled, you turn on 1400. But about, I don't know, 2017, WILI added 95.3 FM, a stronger signal. So today, you know, I mentioned to Brian, you know, uh, 95.3, man, 95. No. <laughs> so, um, all right, what else? So, what else could we uh, get into here? Uh, what? You, you you finished at St. Mary's. Unlike me, I begged my parents to go to Kramer yep. because, and I got away with it. I was the oldest. I remember going, please, that summer. I love St. Mary's, but all my friends were going to Kramer, and it was it was a culture shock for me. I'll I'm be sure. honest. I'm sure it was. When you when it, you know, I said you're what you're a year behind me, right? Yeah. See, yeah. So w- when you were going through that, uh, what your parents just made you stay in St. Mary's, or was there, did it come a time? You, know, you have a brother Dan as well. Did you guys want to go to Kramer? Or we didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. No, no. <laughs> Val, Val was not. She wanted us to go to that school, and that's what she wanted. I mean, they worked hard to yeah. put us through school because that was. It wasn't extremely expensive as it is now, but it was in St. Mary's well, St. Joseph. Now, well, yeah. like St. Mary's St. Joseph School, we had. Two eighth grades, two seventh grades. So yeah. it was a bigger school than That's it right. was back then. Very good point. I forgot to bring that up. It was a bigger school. It was it really, a bigger school. As year, yeah, because uh, enrollment went down years later, unfortunately. And maybe someday, someday, they can reopen that. Yeah, school. hopefully. But you know, times change, and. That's that's what happens. But I, as a, as speaking for myself, I couldn't. My parents chose that, and I appreciate what they did. Absolutely. I, I, it, it was a different environment. And when I went on to St. Burns, that was like going to college at 14. And that's kind of how what Kramer was to me because I was so used you know, St. Mary's, St. Joseph's, as big as it was when you and I were going there, and it was big, Kramer was much bigger. So when I walked in there in the seventh grade, I'm like, okay, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Right. And there were fights every day. So yeah. like, <laughs> now, just because, you know, you had St. Mary's, St. Joseph's School, and then you had Kramer, but all those kids knew each other anyway. Right. So were there times, uh, tell me a story, would you t- I want you to tell it on the air now. About because Brian was a very good basketball player. Uh, you don't play anymore these days, or still you no, still play? No, no, no. no, no <laughs> Same no. here. <laughs> no, I don't think I could. <laughs> I don't want to. That's not the way I want to go out. <laughs> Tell a story about, and I totally forgot about this because I was at Kramer. I might have been ninth grade at Lyman already. That eighth grade basketball team that uh, you guys went on to play bigger schools, and I, I totally was unaware that they did that for St. Mary St. Joseph's basketball. That was the first time they've ever ran that tournament. I think it was. It was a eight, tournament. It was a tournament. Uh, it was the fort. Uh, fort. It was two. Uh, a town tournament, I guess. That's okay. how they would say it. And Mansfield Middle School, Horace Porter in Columbia, Kramer in Willimantic, and St. Mary St. Joseph's in Willimantic. So that was a big deal. That had never happened before. That's so because they knew they had some. They had some teams. There was a lot of talent, and uh, Jim Calhoun's son played for. E.L. Smith. E.L. Smith. Well, at I the mean, time, Mansfield, Mansfield Middle, School. Middle School. And and Horace Porter was pretty decent at the time. And Kramer was really good. And we were pretty good. And Name so some was, of the kids that were on, on your team. Let's say St. Mary St. Uh, Nick Lipez, Paul Gitches, Mike Horner, Eddie Messier. I mean, I, I don't know. This so was a long probably, time ago. Who was the coach, by the way? Uh, Shippy. Mr. Shippy. Milt Shippy was... 
who I think moved to Vegas years yep. ago, Milt and Mississippi. Uh, so and then quote the Danny White was in there for a little while. Wow. All right, so they put you guys up against uh, the Mansfield Middle School, the Jeff Calhouns, and, uh, and Kramer. Yep. And uh, that's some stiff competition. So yeah, we won the just, tournament. You if, you want, if you want to just hear that, that's what we <laughs> No, you can you tell us a little more? <laughs> well, it was really interesting. It was, it was very busy. It was, it was A lot and, of people showed the, up. The, nun, uh, the same area St. Joseph School wasn't going to pay for us to get a bus to walk to Kramer, so we had to walk in our uniforms down. Spring Street. You guys could have walked. You didn't need, need a bus to go. To no, Kramer. but it was like, and it you know, just it made us as a bunch of kids feel important, right? Exactly. You know? So it was nice, and it was a nice thing to have that. I don't know if they do that anymore. They should keep it no. up because it, it was a good tournament for. Because every kid knows each other if they're playing a sport. doesn't make a difference what town you live in. Well, there still is a basketball area. We can say that because the Wyndham High basketball team won the state championship not too long ago. So, you well, know, Marty's uh, doing a good, great job oh up there. Oh, my God, and, yes. And Coach and, uh, Gilday did a great job up there. Yep. They all did. You know? So uh, we still we still live in a basketball area, of course, the UConn men and women, and uh, we are the basketball capital of the world. Well, stores is technically. But, yeah, you and I, I know you and I both played against Jeff Calhoun. Coach Calhoun's son. Uh, my story was uh, I was a freshman at Lyman, and uh, you, you want to tell your story after? Well, no, I'll, I'll leave it short. <laughs> Give us the edited, the, the edited version. But I remember Jeff Calhoun towering over me, as like anybody still does these days. And I'm sitting there. I think I was sitting bench varsity, but I got a little action that game against Ron Pyra's, God rest his soul's EO Smith team. And there's Jeff Calhoun. Didn't move, just stood behind the three-point line. And uh, you can see this on video on the radio. You have to use the theater of the mind. But he stood behind the three-point line and went, just yeah. like basically clapping, like, give me the ball. Yeah. And he was draining three after three as Coach Calhoun mm-hmm. sat atop the top. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I almost felt like glancing up at Coach. Yeah, your son's pretty good. Yeah. Now, let's hear Brian's story. Well, we, we got matched up against them in the finals. So he, he didn't do as well that game. Against. You were on him? Well, no, I, I probably Nick, I would yeah. think, or one of us was guarding him. But he he didn't have the game that you he had against you. So I we ended up beating them in the finals. Jim Calhoun stood in the doorway. So and Jim, Jim was at that game? He was at that game, too. But uh, I'll leave my story at that. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Don't tell that one. Don't tell but that one. If you were but, to, I know it was a long time ago. But yeah, I had, you have a lot you... of respect for Coach Calhoun. Oh, yeah. He's done you... a hell of a Turned around that program. If you were to remember way back when, uh, and I know uh, you you have better memory than me when telling these stories, do you think you had held Jeff Calhoun in single digits that day? No, I think he probably had something like 14 Uh, or something like that. still, it's pretty good. It contained Jeff Calhoun. Now, you mentioned some of the kids that we still grew up with in your grade, Nick Liapez, who uh, you worked with at Sports Bar for years. You spent a bunch of years at Sports Bar, Twenty Over 20 years at the Sports Bar. Nick and I grew up next door to to each other, so we've been friends. He's four days older than me. Is that really? So we've been that? friends for a long time. Yeah, you, yeah. Brian and Nick were like, in, in, uh, un, what's the word? Unseparable, inseparable, inseparable, right? Well, they were, they, they were, you guys were always together, yeah. hanging out, playing basketball, always, whatever. Yep. You always see Brian and Nick, and, and years later, you saw him hanging out, you know, working at the sports bar yeah, for uh, Costas, who's, yeah, Costas is uh, Nick's older brother, who, uh, Costas is still the owner, right? I think they both are. They both are? Yeah, and they do a great job out there. You know, the, the town's trying. The t- like, I think all the small businesses in town are trying to make it work. And I'm glad you brought me into that because this is a question I have for you. And uh, this goes for any uh, local establishments, even outside of this area. I don't know if it was a COVID thing 
or pre-COVID, but what happened to the, to the bar slash restaurant scene, restaurants for that matter, not just bars, well, uh, drinking establishments, I guess, that why all of a sudden, remember the day, before, I guess it was before COVID or even years ago, People were closing the bars 1, 2 a.m. Back when I, you were at sports oh, yeah. bar. I remember, I, well, I was DJing over there, too. Uh, the bars, you, you see tons of people closing the bars at 1, 2 a.m. Well, not by just, law, you can still do that, well, Keith. Right, I know, but not just around here. I'm talking about out of this area as well. What happened to the nightlife as far as uh, people closing their doors like 10, 11 o'clock now? What's going on there? Well, I th- my personal opinion is, is that uh, through COVID, they set so many rules about you could only be open till eight, you can't sit at the bar, you can do this. And people got nervous and COVID did hurt a lot of people. But it kind of saved a bar tender or or server or a bar owner because you're allowed to close now. Back then you couldn't close because if you closed they thought you were doing too well to be open. Wow. I, all so right. like Interesting. I think and that's why I, you see it like people close now because the activity isn't as big as it used to be because people don't go out because people are still nervous and is it know. is it really nervous though because our, or is it the generation that basically wants well, the to generational come, thing have does, a few drinks hang out with their friends and let's go home and play video games kids oh kids God. don't drink like people like drink <laughs> like, I, yeah, like we used I to i remember right. sports bar willie brew oh, yeah. uh well trolley oh. whatever you name the place i mean there was Bars that we, all, all us people, we were, we were all our friends were hanging out till 1, 2 a.m., closing the bar, and you just don't see that anymore. I Not clo- just this area. Yeah, I close at 12 because I'm getting older, but nothing really good happens after 12 o'clock. That's my theory. No, that's a, that's yeah, a very but, good point. But if, I, but if I'm busy, I, I'm allowed to stay open till 1 or to 2. I stay open. It's just at some point. Oh, the, so they give you an option if you. Yeah. Well, you, I close. You can close whatever time you want. Okay. But by law, you have to be open. You can be open. You can be open two a.m. One, one or one. two. Oh, so you can. Friday and Saturday, it's two o'clock. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, uh, as we get ready to close the show, uh, give us some more info that we may not know about Trolley Pub. Uh, in fact, let's start with the hours. Go ahead. Give us your hours. Uh, we're closed on Tuesdays. We're open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from two to twelve. And on Saturday and Sunday, we're open from 11.30 to 12. Any specials or anything uh, you got? We have happy hour during the week. I do. uh, I try to keep it interesting. So Karaoke? Karaoke. And I like to have, um, when there's a big event on, we try to make it interesting for the big events. Basketball, baseball, football, anything like that. So I I do post on Instagram and on Facebook. Okay. So... Um, uh, Matt, I know we're just going to go uh, a little bit long here because I wanted to get to this. Um, again, we're with co-owner of the Trolley Pub, Brian Bichette, childhood friend. Brian, uh, this is the time where I usually ask my guests any closing thoughts, but I'd like to close with a couple memories of your mom, Val, and your dad, Norm. So sure. let's, uh, whatever you got, uh, uh, give us your story. Besides, they both died too young. Yes. I'm okay talking about it. I miss my parents every day. And the one thing that they taught my brother and I was you have to take every challenge as it comes. You know, some days you don't have a lot. Some days you do have a lot. But you always have your family and you always have good friends that can help you if you need it. And, uh, and as, a, as the oldest Pichette in my family now, <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard not to have them to rely on. But. We make it through my my kids, Michael, Sean, and Caitlin, and my brother, Dan, and his wife, Megan. 
and his two kids, Jack and Molly, like we made it nice work. Family. Make make it work. That's so you gotta do family sticks together. See, we have to, and we don't all live in the same town, but we talk every day. Your parents are with you all the time. All, all the time, all and, the time. and they're <clears throat> severely missed by not just us. Like, I hear about right. my parents all you the time. Right. And they're very proud of you. So I appreciate as that. As well as I am, I mean. You too, man. And too. Uh, maybe be on the lookout for some trolley trivia <clears throat> hosted by yours truly, possibly down the road. It's in the works. It's in the works. But go check out Brian Trolley Pub and uh, Cohen or Tim, right? Yeah. Got to give Tim some love. Uh, big thanks to Brian Pichette from the Trolley Pub. Uh, thank you to J. Matt Rupar, Liberty Bank, Be Community Kind, episode 52 in the books. Uh, don't forget, you can look for it on Willimantic Today Facebook, Spectrum 192. Uh, again, big thanks to Liberty Bank, Be Community Kind. And thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. In the words of the great Roddy McCumber. Bye for now, folks. Bye for now.